Father, let your word come alive to us today, the eternal abiding word of God, we pray. We pray that you would just hover over us by your spirit and just minister to each one of us today, we pray. We look to you, O God, and pray that you anoint the words to the day that come out for the honor and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited about a new year. I don't know about you. Good, good, good. That's good. Sounds like you all need a good bit of a shake here this morning. So I'll endeavour to do that a little bit through the message today, eh? I've titled the message A New Beginning. I love a new year. This is the first Sunday of a new year, the first fruits for God, first day of a new week. I see Sunday as the eighth day, not the seventh day. It's a day of a new beginning, a new creation. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, just pause and consider, all things have become new. What do you behold? All things have become new. Hallelujah. In Christ, there is no sin, yes? There is no darkness. There is no death in him. He died in our place that we might receive his eternal life. Glory to God. A long time ago when I was younger, I don't think I was even married, I had a friend of mine from Auckland, his brother was a school teacher and he came up and stayed with me at Tokopru and we went up in a little old truck with my brother's way up into the wife Per Forest and uh, we're there for hours in the middle of the summer looking at the beehives and so forth, going right through the little windy tracks through the forest and then he felt very uh, dehydrated and thirsty he said, bro, I need, to, I need to have a drink. Can you stop at the next, uh, stop at the next uh, dairy? But how many of you know it's miles to a dairy way up in the Waipua Forest? He came from Auckland and he thought around the next corner might be a dairy. But anyway, I said, look, we've got some water on the floor. Now, we had actually, uh, sometimes when you're in the forest and you have no water or you run out and you get dehydrated, you've got to find water from everywhere you can. So these bottles that were rolling around the floor in the dust were pretty filthy. You know, the, uh, your drink bottles... And um, 1.5 litre. And we must have filled it up out of a stream. We often did that. And sometimes, you know, there's a bit of uh, little brown floaty things in the stream. Just little little minute things. But that doesn't matter to us who brought up on a farm. You know, when you're thirsty, you're thirsty. There was a time I even had to drink out of a puddle when I got my ute stuck way up in Mokau Ridge up in the Pukati Forest. And I had to walk out in the middle of summer with gumboots on and bee gear on. Hot, hot day, 14 kilometres to find someone to give me a ride. Because your phone doesn't work up there anyway, or didn't back then. So anyway, I say, here, just drink some of this. And he says, holds the bottle up. He says, what? what's in there? I said, oh, don't worry about that. They're just floaties. He goes, floaties? I'm not drinking that. Floaties? I said, well, I'm going to drink some. You can, you know. And he went thirsty. He didn't drink any. It's not good, is it, really? It's not good. Sometimes there's a whole lot of floaties in our life too, isn't there? Things that shouldn't be there. Is that right? That's how we start out in life. You know, when you're born into this world, I, I'm pretty sure there were two people involved, more than likely. But they passed on a, 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 a dreaded virus to you. It was a disease called sin or self-centeredness. And that was handed down, down through the generations, right from Adam. It wasn't your mum or your dad's fault. It was really through one man's sin, which was Adam's sin, that many became infected with this virus called self-centeredness or sin. That's what sin is. 
living from your mind, your will, your emotions. Yes, a living soul, but making your soul the source of life instead of the creator, instead of our God. Yes? And Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The sin, sin pays out really well. And its wages that it pays is death. But thankfully it goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life. Yes, sin pays wages, but God gives gifts. That's why we bless our community with Santa's Grotto. We serve a God who loves to give the best gift of all. He's given us Jesus, as Ruth said, and now it's up to us to take that gift and start to begin to unpackage Him in our lives. And there's just more and more and more of Christ. Amen. In all His glory, we love Him because He first loved us. So we're found in this state, but as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And as we embark on a new year this year, I want to bring that to your attention again. You must be born again. Once you've been born into this world, into sin and self-centeredness, but you need a new birth. And so that's my first point of this year, a new year is a new birth. I want to ask you, have you been born again? Good on you, George. I baptised George over 30 years ago, down at Tecopru. Put his hand up. You have. Praise God. But you must be born again. If you're not born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. I'm not asking you if you said a few words or gave your heart to Jesus or to God or to whoever. I'm asking you if, you, if you've been born again. It's a must. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And I'm, I'm sharing that with you this morning. You must be born again. Have you, 2 o'clock in the morning, when I repented and turned away from living my life selfishly for myself and I received... I didn't give my filthy heart, which is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, to God, to a holy, holy. We've been singing, you are holy. Why would I give a filthy thing like that? I had nothing to give to him. I was bankrupt, lost in sin and self-centeredness, but I received Jesus as Lord of my life. Suddenly I realized, and it wasn't so suddenly because God had been at work and he'd been sharing his word and his truth with me and his love through my older sister and through my parents. And I was blessed that way to have the seed of the word of God sown into my heart from a young age. But I saw my need to reach out and to receive Jesus. And I trusted in him. And what a change that brought. Instantly, I went from death to life. Instantly, I went from being under the power of Satan to being under the power of the Holy Spirit. I was set free. The whole world looked different. Every second word, well, not literally, but pretty much, was a swear word. I stopped swearing instantly. For three and a half years, I've been smoking at least a packet of cigarettes today. That was the last time I had a cigarette. Now, I'm not saying you need to do anything for salvation, but I'm saying there was a change. It didn't mean to say I'd never tripped up in my walk since then. But what happened on the inside 
was phenomenal. It was spiritual. It was eternal. It was from God the Father. I'd been born into my parents' family, but here I was now born into the family of God. Glory to God. You must be born again. I ask you again today, have you been born again? Born from above. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus was a ruler in Israel. He probably read the Torah. He knew the Old Testament. He was uh, very clever. He said, what are you talking about? Do I enter the second time into my mother's womb? I want to tell you, no one has ever gone back the way they came. Never, unless you've heard of someone, but never. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. If the source is through the mind, the will, the emotions, all that is natural, it's flesh. If your religious life has a source in your mind and your will and your emotions and your best attempt to serve God, it's flesh. But if it has its source in the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, the Lord of life and glory, that which is born of spirit, Jesus said, is spirit. You can never mix the two. So again, have you, have you, have you been born again? Where you sit in your seat today, if we're going to embark on this year, we're going to be shaken, praise God. We're going to walk in blessing. Those of us who are trusting fully in our Savior, because He is King of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's faithful and true. He'll take us through any trial. God just loves to shake the things present so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And I want to shake you today a little bit. If I'm able to do that through the gospel, have you again been born again? It's absolutely imperative that you're born again. Many are going to say, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. You who work lawlessness. The source of all your life has come from you and not from me. If that's you, you must be born again. Amen. The room's gone silent. I love a silent room. Praise God. <laughs> any rate, so um, you may have spent years trying to share your life with God, but I want to tell you this morning, God wants to share Christ's life, the life of His Son with you, that life is eternal life. It's a glorious life for you to live. Wow. And he wants to share it now. John 3, further down when Jesus was uh, speaking to Nicodemus, verse 14 through to 18, he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Jesus says to Nicodemus, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have eternal life. That's a wonderful verse that tells me that in Christ, God has cursed our curse. Why was there a snake on the pole? Because God's showing us that that which was in the natural, that has been a curse to us, it's been nailed to the cross in Christ. He condemned sin and selfishness in the flesh. He nailed it to the cross. I hope you're not a selfish person. I know the old Paul 
certainly was and always will be and always is. That's why I buried him when I got baptized because he was already dead, cut off from the life of God. But thankfully, when I received Jesus, I received eternal life. Verse 15, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. His only begotten means one of a kind. Don't you ever try and match that. You'll, you'll find it pretty hard to live your whole life exactly how Jesus did without one selfish thought, one selfish act. He said, I do always the things that please the Father. We, God didn't send His Son into this world to condemn the world. Wow. But that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes on Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why is he condemned? Because he was selfish? Because he sinned? No. All that was laid on Jesus. He was condemned because he didn't believe that Jesus was one of a kind and he could never ever compare with him, but he could receive him instead. Have you received him? Have you been born again? I love that verse, eh? Verse 17. He came not to condemn the world. This is Jesus speaking. The Son of Man came not to condemn the world. He was born into lowly circumstances. If we was born in royal apparel and in a palace and moved among men with fine clothes and gold dripping off him, you know, and all, all the trinkets and everything, maybe we would feel less than. If he came in all his glory, because he's the one who created the sun, and the Bible tells us that the sun, uh, his glory shines above the brightness of the sun when it's at noonday in its full strength. The one who created it shines in far much more glory than that, his Shekinah glory. But he humbled himself and he came as an, born into a lowly place like you and I were born. He bridged that gap from God to us. He's the one mediator between God and man. And he came out of love, sent of the Father, so that we wouldn't feel condemned. He was approachable. People came in droves to see him. And he came to take their place that he might share and give to us the love of the Father and the place that is rightfully his as a son. Romans 5 verse um, 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. Who was that? Who was that man? Adam. Okay. So also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Who was that? Who was obedient? Jesus. You're not made righteous by your obedience. You're made righteous by His obedience. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that freeing? Isn't it blessed news? The good news of the gospel. Adam blew it. God sorted it. Yeah? Great news. It's good news. It's all sorted. Adam, when tempted by Satan and when he sinned, he started to die, didn't he? 
But it started with his spirit dying. God said, in the day that you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, living for himself, deciding what you think is good and evil, the day that you start eating from that tree, you're going to die. You die spiritually. No longer are you drawing from the life of the Creator, but living from yourself. On it ended with it. So Adam's, the death that Adam died started with his spirit, but later on it ended with his body mortified. The resurrection life of Christ, on the other hand, starts in the spirit and ends up with our body glorified. You see? So different. It's the absolute reverse of this world. Romans 8. The comparison, there's a huge difference between life in Christ and life in the spirit. I mean, uh, yeah, no, sorry, this is life in Christ and life in the Spirit in Romans 8. It's like the number 8, new beginning. And it says in verse 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that good news? I want to ask you again. Have you been born again? Are you in Christ? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You have life in the Spirit. Okay. Point number one, what was it? A new birth. Point number two. A new heart. You know, um, some of you know recently, uh, we had a little accident with my son-in-law and a spade that was used upside down, which I told him to do. A great big long sandstone spade. We were putting some uh, fence posts in and I had my hand on the fence and he was ramming them in and sliced right through the hand and smashed a few bones and crunched with the back end of the spade. It was my fault. I should have known better, you know. Supposed to be older and wiser, but... Not always wiser, but a little bit wiser now. It's amazing how that those are the nerves are connected with the brain. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, why I bring it up is, Reese was asked by someone, did your father-in-law swear when that went through his hand? It was, okay, it, was, it was one to ten pain instantly. I went pretty white, I think. It wasn't chopped through. It was crunched through. We heard the crunch, didn't we, Reese? <laughs> but um, I was also asked by someone else just in the last couple of weeks over Christmas but didn't you swear when, when, when that happened I found that a little bit um, grievous to my spirit really that you'd expect that a believer or a pastor should do that when something goes wrong No, no, I don't have very good self-control. You ask my wife. <laughs> a new heart. I received a new heart a long time ago. And my heart was like a garden. When I got born again, I received a new heart. And now the thistles can grow up. Just like your garden at home, maybe some weeds can grow up. Thorns and thistles can grow up in the garden of your heart. 
and they need to be removed. It needs to be weeded. And that's an ongoing process in my soul, in my mind, my will and emotions. I'm, I'm transformed daily by the renewing of my mind because I love the Word of God like Ruth said, and we read it, meditate upon it day and even through the night hours as well. And so I'm over and over and learning Scriptures, and, and, and if you repeat a Scripture 55 times, it's going to be there for life. But if you're watching TV and people using the F word for 55 times, that what's in the well is going to come up in the bucket. So I want to challenge you. Have you got a new heart? Not only have you been born again, but have you got a new heart? It's important that we do have a new heart. If we're going to approach this new year, we need to just challenge ourselves and we need to be starting on the right footing. The old is gone forever. Come on. We don't need any floaties hanging around in our heart, let alone in our life. There's enough floaties in the world. The rubbish that you see. Don't ever let that come into your home or into your heart. Psalm 19 verse 14 says, let the, and this is David, he says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. You have brought me back from the slave market of sin. Psalm 139 verse 9 to 11 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? And the answer comes straight back by taking heed or listening to according to your word. Listening to God's Word. Not listening to your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings. That's not where our Christian life comes from. That's the old man. According to your Word, what does he say? With my heart, with my whole heart, whole heart, I have sought you or looked for you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your Word have I hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. I encourage you, get into the Word of God. Yeah? Christ, find Christ in all the Scriptures. Feed upon Him the bread of life. He is the only one that has that eternal life, and he's, He is that to us. He's given that to us. We can receive eternal life through Him. But anything that's not got its source in Him will be burnt up one day. It'll be wood, hay, stubble. It won't be gold, silver, and precious stones that will endure the fire. As we look over your life, as you look over last year, how much of that for you was gold, silver, precious stones? I don't know. If you ask me the same thing, it's a difficult question. I wouldn't have an answer. But God knows. He knows what all the actions, reactions, what part of my walk last year was had its source in His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 26 and 27. Ezekiel 36, verse 27. Uh, 26 and 27 says, God says this to Israel, but we can receive it to ourselves. It says, I will give you a new heart. That's what the Lord says. And put a new spirit in you. I will take away your heart of stone out of your flesh. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. That doesn't mean a sinful heart. That means a malleable heart, a soft heart, as opposed to a heart of stone that won't let him in or anyone else in. Sometimes when we get hurt, we end up with a heart of stone and we don't let people in because we we're, we're trying to self-protect, okay? But he says, I will take out your heart of stone and out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, 
and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments to do them. God will heal your hurts. He'll make your heart malleable. He'll give you a heart. He'll get hold of your heart. It's like plasticine. Did you ever have plasticine when you were a kid? You grab a stick of plasticine, it's pretty hard, but as you work it, it begins to soften. And God's what God wants for each one of us, that our hearts would be softened by Him, by His Word, by His Spirit. And He'll mold us into the people that He wants us to be as we walk by faith in Him. He'll heal every hurt you got. Let Him in. He loves you. Let Him, let him be your life. A new heart. Have you got a new heart. How is it possible that God can give us a new heart just like that? Well, Romans 5 verse 8. I used to have this on the side of my health. Hey, George, down at Lindley Crescent, down at Tacopra many years ago. A great big text. But God commands his love, commandeth his love toward us in that why we were yet sinners, why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's a love. The love of God is a love to be commended. It's a love to be recommended. I recommend you to the Father's love and the Father's love to you. Praise God. Yeah. He's made a way. He's made it possible because Christ took all our sin. He took all our self-centeredness. He took all our life. We were, and, it was, and he took it to the cross that he might come out in resurrection life and be raised in you and us, and that we might walk in newness of life. Just as we started out with that verse, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Have you been born again? Have you had a new birth? Have you got a new heart? Have you got a new heart? Third point, and last point, a new world. Wow. Wow. We just enjoyed uh, Narnia, didn't we? Santa's Grotto. C.S. Lewis wrote about that. Can you imagine? Well, I know the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, that was one thing. But then they were taken across the Red Sea by God and Moses and Aaron leading them into the wilderness. And that wilderness, a new world for them for 40 years, wasn't it? But the thing is, in the wilderness... They got their manna day by day. They started off thinking it was great, but how many of us know when you go to the same restaurant every day or the sa- eat the same food every day or if you just have wheat bakes three times a day, after a while you start to get a little bit bored with it. And then they hang it back to Egypt. Don't do that. The manna that God has for you is so amazing. So amazing. But can you imagine the children of Israel? You know, down the road it claims to be a new world. For you ladies that go shopping, my wife shops at New World. Can you imagine if you took the children of Israel out and brought them into New World and Kitty Kitty and said, "Here's all the, look at all these different kinds of food. Can you just imagine that for a moment, what their uh, reaction would be? That would be a bit of a wow. You know, we take it for granted, eh, that you can just walk along and pick all the stuff off the shelf, put it in your trolley. It's like it's Christmas. Every day you do the shopping. I know you have to put your card through. You give them a piece of plastic and... You tap the thing with the card and it's all hunky-dory, isn't it? <clears throat> I like the idea of a new world in Christ. Just like Narnia scene, you go through a door into another whole world. But God is a doorway for us to go through. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved. 
He has another world. Do you know you're made up of body, soul, and spirit? Do you know when God made the first man in um, Genesis 1, it says he formed man from the dust of the earth. That's the body. You were, your body was formed in one of the worlds you've been in. You've either been in two or three worlds as you sit there in your seat. I know you've been in at least two. The first world you spent nine months in it while your body was being formed, but then you came out of that dark world into this world and you took your first breath. It says after God had formed man, the body, he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. When did you take your first breath? And man became a living soul. But this world is also dark. It's dark in a different way. It's spiritually dark. The Bible tells us this whole world lives and lies and, and is rocked to sleep in the wicked one. But God has another door that you can go through. There's another birth into another world. Whenever God takes you from one world to the other, in the Bible, he always uses an ark. There's three arks in the Bible. There's Noah's ark. He went from one world into a new world with his family, eight of them. New beginning. There's the Ark of the Covenant that the children of Israel had in the tabernacle, also a picture of Christ. No Ark is a picture of Christ. They were taken from, as they followed that, Egypt all the way to Canaan. Totally different world. There was Moses, laid in an Ark of bulrushes, a slave boy. Under judgment, you could say, because they had to be throwing the male child into the river, but his mum, in faith, put, made a little Ark of bulrushes and put him there. God has enough from one world of slavery into the palace. God has another world for you to enter into. But you must come through the door. There's many roads that lead to that door, but there's only one way into the world that God has for you. Just like entering into the Narnia scene. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. One world, the first world, is where you were formed. The second world is where you might have mourned. We do mourn at times, don't we, in this world? The third world is from where the light has dawned. God sent his son to be the savior of the world. Matthew, uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who find, uh, seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Have you had a new birth? Have you got a new heart? Have you entered a new world in Christ where there's light, life, and glory, and you just abide in him? And cease from all your own strivings, your own works, and you just trust in him at all times. Have you entered that world? Praise his name. What a wonderful truth this is, eh? Matthew 7 also says in verse 13 and 14, and this is Jesus speaking again. He says, he's pleading with us, pleading with us. Enter in, enter you in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there, there are that enter in thereby. For narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leads to to life, and few there be that find it. I encourage you to ask, seek, and knock, to find that door that leads to life. Amen? It's important that we start this year on the right foundation, not the foundation of fallen man, 
from my best attempt, a foundation of my works, but a foundation of being in Christ, standing upon the solid rock. I saw this poem, thinking about New World, eh? I was walking down life's highway a long time ago. One day I saw a sign that read, Heaven's Grocery Store. As I got a little closer, the door came open wide. And when I came to myself, I was standing just inside. I saw a host of angels. They were standing everywhere. One handed me a basket and said, My child, please shop with care. Everything a Christian needed was in that grocery store. And all you couldn't carry, you could sure come back for more. First, I got some patience. Love was in the same row. Further down, I got, you need it wherever you may go. I got a box or two of wisdom, a bag or two of faith. I just couldn't miss the Holy Ghost for it was all over the place. Sounds like exciting. Praise the Lord. I stopped to get some strength and courage to help me on this race. By then my basket was getting full, but I remembered I needed some grace. I didn't forget salvation, for salvation, that was free. So I tried to get enough uh, of that to save both you and me. Then Then I started up to the counter to pay my bill, for I thought I had everything to do my father's will. But as I went, the, but as I went up the aisle, I saw prayer, and I just had to put that in. Peace and joy were plentiful. They were there on the last shelf. Song and praise were hanging near, so I just helped myself. Then I said to the angel, how much do I owe? He smiled and said, just take your basket wherever you may go. Again, I looked at him and said, how much do I owe? He smiled again and said, my friend, Jesus paid your bill long ago. Yes. So just help yourself. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The truth is that if you've entered that world, if you've been born again, if you've got a new heart, if you've entered the new world, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of this world. Glory to God. Have you had a new birth? Have you received a new heart? Are you part of another world? Or are your feet firmly on the ground in this world? It's a challenge to all of us. It's a good challenge. It's good just to shake the foundations a bit. What are you building your life on? What did you build last year on? Is it going to be the same old, same old? Or is it going to be all new? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Just let that, let that just sit. A new birth, a new heart, a new world. If you've never had those three, 
I want you to come and talk to us afterwards if God's speaking to you through this message. But I'll let it sit. Build your life on Christ. I'm going to finish with one more thing. I remember reading it last night. It's a verse of a song we sing sometimes. If I can get it. And it's just, I love it. Cornerstone, I think it is. And it's just one verse. It says, In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when strivings cease, my comforter, my all in all. Here, in the love of Christ, I stand. Where are you standing?